All right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, is there a movie that sounds more like it was made for me than this one? We are talking about a movie where the whole world starts dreaming about Nicolas Cage. This is a movie called Dream Scenario. And joining me to talk about it, we've got Petros Petsalivas from Caged in Coppola Connections podcast. And we get into a lot of puzzle pieces. A lot of Cage stuff in here, of course. Uh, but a lot of other stuff, too. This one gets weird. Uh, but it's a fun one to talk about. And we'll get to that in a minute. Before we get to it, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow us on social media at PiecingPod and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. Uh, along with that, we do have a Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I post bonus and advanced content from Piecing It Together. Right now, we've got episodes on... Let's see, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, The Holdovers, I think maybe one or two others. A lot of piecing it together that hasn't been released yet on the main feed, so uh, check it out. Also, we got bonus and advanced content from Awesome Movie Year and from My Music Career. Lots of great stuff, so check it out. It's patreon.com slash Rosen if you'd like to support the show in that way. And with that said, uh, let's get into our conversation about Dream Scenario. All right, it's time to get into Dream Scenario with a man who I'm sure has had plenty of dreams about Nicolas Cage in the past, Petros from Caged In Coppola Connections. How are you doing, Petros? I'm doing very well, and you are right in the fact that I have had many a dream about Nicolas Cage. I've also <laughs> lost count when was the last time I have not typed the man's name into a search bar or just had like a passing thought of him. In my day-to-day -day life, I've even gone to the extreme lengths of creating a customized uh, widget on my iPhone, which just pulls up a, a like search for him. So I have oh, wow. that. I have a Francis Ford Coppola one and a Willem Dafoe one because I am mentally insane, David. <laughs> <laughs> that is dedication seriously wow yeah uh well you know th there's there's gonna be a lot of search results because i mean obviously the man never stops working and mm -hmm. uh it, it's you know it's a good time to be a uh, Nicolas cage fan we've been getting so many great films over these last few years and you have been on the podcast here for some of them yep. uh but this one, I am super excited to talk about. It is a very interesting one. It's one that I think very clearly, and this will probably come up in some puzzle pieces, pays homage to some classic Nicolas Cage work. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like uh, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent from last year, you know, plays with some of his uh, celebrity and the story of celebrity and whatnot. But I, I think before we get into puzzle pieces, though... We should kind of talk a little bit about this movie. Like, what do you think about, like, a story like this that just seems so catered to giant Nicolas Cage fans like you and I? Like, it's amazing that something like this actually would happen. Well, it's crazy because just before talking to you, I was listening to a podcast with the director, and he said the first person they went after was Adam Sandler. And I think, like, that's the only other person I can see this film working with in a way. And I think, like, Cage is, yeah, it's amazing as a Cage fan because it feels like we are eating well. And it's mm -hmm. Cage in, like, and again, we'll get into some of the puzzle pieces, but, like, it's Cage in one of my favourite modes of him being in. Like, there's this kind of, like, the, the, the line that's used throughout this film is the remarkable nobody. And I think when he's kind of playing <laughs> the remarkable nobody is he's kind of, like, there's three that come there's yeah th this this marks like the third time that it's like that's like the the significant thing about the character and like I'm, you can tell i'm trying to not step on a, some puzzle pieces here but um yeah it's it's great obviously it's, it feels purpose-built and it feels weirdly more so than the unbearable weight of massive talent like more personal to cage like to his experience i know mm -hmm. that he said a lot in interviews like and it's kind of got me racking my brains of like, is he the first celebrity who got memeified in that way? Do you know what I mean? I know like you kind of, you can have a debate. Is Chuck Norris, 
Charlie Sheen or Nicolas Cage, but like Nicolas Cage to that point that like he is almost like bigger than the man he is and like he's kind of uh, sure gone past like hollywood star to just this thing that he's like he is omnipresent in like a lot of people's lives especially the fans yeah no absolutely and i i think one other thing i think it was in your letterbox review that i saw you mentioning the uh nicholas cage losing his shit youtube video and like that that's when I think things kind of like he just got so big and such a uh, a meme basically like you're saying uh, that it, it was almost beyond even just being this actor or a star or anything like that and that is definitely something that this uh, this movie you know deals with I mean in in some ways you could even call that YouTube compilation video a puzzle piece here yeah yeah <laughs> like, yeah 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 because yeah. it is yeah. like the it's the it's the nexus idea and it is like this film plays upon that idea of like moments that stand with people that out that are just totally out of context like a dream is like i don't know a subconscious yeah. thing out of context you know what i mean you never know the beginning or end of a dream and like that youtube sure. video you don't know the beginning and end of that clip if you've never seen that film before. You just see Nicolas Cage go, I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! <laughs> like, if you haven't watched Vampire's Kiss, you're like, what the fuck is that? Whereas, like, like, and it is that kind of thing, like, in a dream, you're like, oh, like, you can always be, like, weary of who is this guy? Like, I can imagine showing, yeah, like, I don't know, some Gen Zers who have no kind of, predisposed knowledge of Nicolas Cage being like, I don't, know, I don't want to go anywhere near that guy. <laughs> yeah. Or I've got to figure out what the hell this is. Yeah, one way or the other. But <laughs> let's get to some puzzle pieces. We will start with you. What do you have for your first puzzle piece for Dream Scenario? I am going to go with one that kind of this film does like almost like uh, a flip of in a weird way is being John Malkovich in the way that like mm -hmm. being John Malkovich is people entering the mind of John Malkovich. And this film is nobody anyone has ever heard of, like unless they're directly linked to him just appearing in people's dreams. And I think like, I think uh, Charlie Kaufman at large kind of looms over this film. And I'm sure we'll get into one other particular film. Like, but I think you like, I'm not sure if this is on your list, but I think you could even like say like Synecdoche, New York or kind of other films he's written. Like there is, uh, there is, yeah, there's an, an, another one on my list as well, which is like, it's not kind of subject matter wise. Like it kind of, it kind of plays in a realm and it's kind of like, you can imagine them being in like a shared universe. So I think, yeah, I think being John Malkovich is kind of a, a big, a big part of this film. Yeah, no, absolutely. You also have, uh, you know, the, the John Cusack character and being John Malkovich, who's kind of like a victim to his own uh, ego as things start <laughs> to, uh, you know, ravel out of control for him. Uh, I, I was also thinking about that one as well. And I might as well get this out of the way now because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just have like a whole smorgasbord of Charlie Kaufman pieces. So let's just like do them and that way we can move on to other things. Okay. But uh, yeah, being John Malkovich, of course, adaptation for, you know, just mm -hmm. he is definitely back in that kind of pathetic guy you know mode yeah. <laughs> which of course is charlie kaufman the character but um you also have uh anomalisa as this uh guy who's kind of on his press tour and um kind of can't connect with anybody and all the situations he gets himself into are you know not going to go well in any way shape or form and then even charlie kaufman's novel ant kind now i i couldn't find it. i was trying to google it to figure out what the exact term was maybe you remember but his research that is stolen from him is something like ant something that uh you know it, it, that seems like it's got to be an homage to to the book ant yes kind. yeah 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 is it like and he's got like a play on words doesn't he? he's like she better yeah. not use that word then we get that amazing scene where he's like fuck fuck yeah. she's, like, she's, yeah. used the, she's used the quote in an article yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely so like there's so many like little bits and pieces i definitely think you bringing up being john malkovich first that is like the number one of any of this charlie kaufman stuff that's in here uh there's the most parallels to that but i think you know all these other ones synecdoche as well like you said uh you could see like little bits and pieces i think 
It, it's interesting that you said that the uh, the director uh, mentioned uh, having uh, Adam Sandler in mind as a possibility for this story, which I, I could definitely see that. But in the way that it all came together, there's so many references to these Charlie Kaufman things. And you kind of have to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Nicolas Cage's legacy with the Charlie Kaufman, uh, you know, character of Charlie Kaufman, the writer, like it, it's all kind of intertwined as well. So uh, definitely that's where I'm going with my first puzzle piece here. And so we just got all of our Charlie Kaufman out on the table. We can move on to some other stuff too. Well, well, even to add to that, I think there's like an element of eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, especially when you get into the third act of dream scenario and like this kind of the idea it kind of poses of like what you can do with dreams. Mm -hmm. And like, it almost reminds me of that kind of like near future, like tech, yeah. like that kind of like that, 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 which is like uh, rife for a kind of story unto itself. Yeah. And it's like that kind of stuff. It, and it kind of like goes into that. Yeah. Just thing of like lost love and like reconnecting with people and kind of, it's and yeah and it's kind of all, all of those guys so i mean that's a michelle gondry film and then that then immediately you go oh yeah it's uh, uh what is it science of sleeps in there sure. as well like <laughs> like it's kind of it kind of feels like he's like dined out on uh kaufman and michelle gondry kind of work and gone yeah these are these are the guys i'm i'm, I'm kind of like crib cribbing from here yeah, no, absolutely. You could you could imagine um like in in a you know in that eternal sunshine situation um if that company got like bought out by Mark Zuckerberg, uh he'd erase yes. erase your memories and replace them with advertisements and uh <laughs> you would you would get exactly what happens here in dream scenarios. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're getting you're getting like or your memories are altered yeah. that you remember like your fifth birthday party, but it's like Everyone was drinking Coca-Cola. Like, <laughs> oh, God. We better not give them any ideas. That's, like, too perfect. But, oh, disgusting. Let's go on to another puzzle piece. Uh, you know what? Since we're just doing, like, this whole smorgasbord, I'm going to move on to one in a totally different direction. Uh, to me, this is, like, the big one that I, like, walked away from this movie. I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Uh, it's 2012's The Hunt. Uh, with Mads Mikkelsen, uh, the Thomas Vinterberg film, just a phenomenal movie about this like nice, quiet guy. He he's a teacher, and he's accused by a little girl of doing something inappropriate, and he didn't do it. And it doesn't matter whether he did it or not. As soon as the idea is out there in the open, mob mentality takes over. You could kind of get into cancel culture, which this movie is definitely playing with. <laughs> But, you know, his life is basically over as soon as that gets out there. And it's really surprising, especially for like a very like youth, you know, uh, studio like A24, like to really make a movie and put it out there that that looks at the other side of this whole thing. Usually it's just, you know, you know, of course, the whole Me Too movement was, you know, it's a reckoning that's like long overdue and, you know, a lot of terrible people were outed and good you know you know <laughs> throw their careers out for sure but somebody yeah, like yeah. mads mickelson in the hunt or somebody like uh nicholas cage's character here in dream scenario does the punishment fit the crime it's like uh you know what i mean yeah. and it's very sticky yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and so that is a movie that i just think uh deals with that so so well and i really think dream scenario does too i think the idea that, yeah, maybe this guy, you know, his ego is, you know, maybe he's a little bit of a narcissist, you know, but, you know, for everything to kind of be taken away because he, you know, kind of cheated on his wife a little bit, like, you know, like it's like a, a bit much. And it's uh, it's it's an interesting way to look into this kind of uh, phenomenon that's been going on these last few years. Well, it's interesting that that's not the thing that takes him down either, is it? It's just this. this kind of phenomenon and i know that again the director has kind of said in interviews that he it, it, within universities you get like people complaining about lecturers or their yeah their professors and the professors kind of rationalize it but like i never actually like they've they they have like they've just come up with this out of nowhere do you know what i mean and like it perfectly leads me on to a puzzle piece i think for this which is uh uh, tar oh because sure. i think i think i think that's the, the a film again that kind of takes cancel culture and kind of puts you very much in the lap of the 
the perpetrator of in that film ills but what what that what that does is like does it doesn't really get into it whereas this like we we know why he's being cancelled it is for, for being in people's dreams and kind of <laughs> hurting them when he's like <laughs> he, ha- he hasn't actually done anything whereas yeah i think both of those films and as well like they both seem to be darkly comic in places but like take it feels like the the, the key note to the actors in both of them is like treat these situations like they are the most like serious thing like sure you, know, you get in dream scenario you get like one of the biggest laughs i've had in the cinema for a couple of years in a moment that like is played so straight but like you give me a fart gag like <laughs> like you do in dream scenario and i'm 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 putty yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> absolutely uh but yeah that's a great one i hadn't thought of that but that is another recent movie that you know deals with it in a very surprising way um with this yes. uh this moment right now which uh yeah a great one to bring up there so i'm glad you uh got that one in there i will go with you know speaking of uh you know jim carrey and eternal sunshine i'll go with the truman show which is a very obvious one to bring to this conversation but uh you know this guy who's just kind of leading a very very normal life and then finds out that nothing is as it seems because all of a sudden, you know, he finds out that he's on this television show and everybody's been kind of faking. And this is almost like a reverse of that in a way where it's like, it's not that everything had been fake. It's just everything from here on out is this weird situation that like, you know, is very sci-fi, very, uh, you know, unexplainable as to like how any of this, we, they don't even try to explain it really. Um, it's just something that happened, a phenomenon, uh, but both movies, you know, that person then has to deal with the consequences of nothing ever being the same ever again from that point forward. Uh, and their life is like forever changed. And the Truman show, you know, both hilarious and really sweet and really sad. Um, I rewatched it a couple of years ago and it's like way sadder than I remembered. Um, you know, yeah. so, uh, I think it really fits in in a lot of ways here with dream scenario. So I guess my next one is going to be just a film that kind of nails dream logic. And I think this film like really nails it as well. Cause there are moments within it and you're like, are we, and it kind of does that great thing of like, uh, second guessing you, like you have yourself. Yeah. Going like, Oh, are we in a dream? And like, it kind of has its own built dream. Yeah. 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 Like kind of it, it, it handles dreams really well is inception. Sure. I'm going to go with Christopher Nolan's inception just cause I think when you're tackling stuff that involves dreams, there are a few films to look at and imagine Inception is one of them. And like, I know that there's kind of, there's subtle things done in like dream scenario. It doesn't seem, there's not kind of like Vaseline lensed shots to indicate sometimes we're in a dream. Like there's a particular sequence quite early on in the film where something happens in their house. And I was like, this is this a dream? And then it's not until you kind of the the ne- we get the next scene. You're like, oh no, that actually happened. And then like, do you know what I mean? You're constantly being like, uh, oh, are we are we in a dream? And I imagine like on rewatch, there'll be subtle things to notice out for. Whether it'll be like, um, I don't know, like could be stuff like books missing from like bookshelves sure, or stuff sure. like that in dream. Do you know what I mean? In in the dreams and stuff like that, or just kind of like yeah so there's those great shots where it kind of is bouncing back and between like a dream and like what is actually happening when he's kind of asked to enact out someone's dream like i found like that was really great and it kind of i don't know it perfectly captures it like second guesses you but like when you're in especially when people are explaining their dreams it feels like that is exactly what a dream feels like not just in the kind of like yeah there's a guy who explains this dream of like a barren wasteland and just people there being in bow ties and being followed by some humanoid creature and stuff like that. And there's loads of weird mushrooms and stuff (laughs) like that. And it's like, that is exactly what a dream is. And I I think, I think, yeah, I think inception, I always think, always watch that movie and go, They've really got the dreams right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. No, that's something that I was also wondering too, because I've only gotten to see this movie once so far. And like, are there going to be little tells as to like maybe some scenes that you, you know, aren't presented as dreams actually were also dreams? I mean, a guy like this with like his kind of, 
I, I want to say like light delusions of grandeur, if that's a thing. Um, you know, his, 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 you know, big delusions are really just like write a book. It's not even like really that big of a thing, but, um, <laughs> you know, but like maybe some of the things, you know, with, with, um, what happens to his career or, or imaginations, you know, it's, it's hard to say, but yeah, like with inception where there's all these different layers and layers of that, it's uh, hard to tell where you're at at any given point. I will go speaking of dreams. Let's just stay on topic. I'll go with nightmare on Elm street. Uh, a very oh, obvious yeah. one <laughs> it, it directly referenced in the movie. Uh, when Paul is basically asked to, uh, you know, uh, wear a Freddy glove for marketing his new book, but also like it really just is because he, you know, ends up everybody, you know, this is spoiler alerts, you know, around on this podcast, but, um, you know, the, the trailer sets it up as it's all about dreams, but those dreams end up turning into nightmares. And so, so uh, Nicolas Cage is, you know, terrifying everybody in their nightmares uh, by the midway yeah. point of this film, which is when everything starts to turn for him and when uh, essentially he's canceled. Um, but, you know, th this could act like a kind of backdoor, like, uh, like Freddy Krueger origin story. Sure. Do you know what I mean? You could imagine like a kind of like, do you know what I mean? like a 2023 version of that, of like, do you know what I mean? Go, well, no, no, no. He he wasn't the guy we said he was in the original films. This is what actually had like do you know what I mean? in 3 He was a guy who who got cancelled and then sought his revenge on the younger generations because the yeah the people in this who have like the biggest issue with him are the, are the, the kind of do you know what I mean? Like a few generations behind him, it is the kind of like uh, university student sure. level who have that. That that scene where they can't even look at a photo of him, or he like kind of steps into the room, and it, it play yeah the horror in this is I think it's a weird film to pigeonhole right like I, I'm not sure what it's listed as in the kind of genre, but my local cinema had it listed as a horror comedy, mm -hmm. and I was like I guess I guess it is yeah I guess like do you know what I mean like there's nothing really horrific, but I think when you uh think about it for more than a second just like being in paul matthew's shoes that's like quite horrific like if you think if that happened to me yeah. like like especially that thing of i don't just like and just on that kind of micro level of somebody like misinterpreting something you said and like yeah them being annoyed with you like just on a kind of like one-to-one -one basis is kind of frustrating enough but yeah. like getting to the point he gets to when like he's sincerely apologizing and like even that they say it's like self-serving i love that he's part. a bad guy for that yeah i love that part because like that's something that like there's simply again like it it's a touchy subject but like there is no apology that will ever work in any of these situations it's just yeah, 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 yeah. it's never accepted and so like just showing that, like, yeah, you could tell as he's doing it that no one's going to accept it because it just seems like he's going overboard a little bit. But you could also tell he really does mean it at the time. But of course, it's not accepted. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love that moment. But yeah, you could totally see this as a uh, like a, a 21st century Nightmare on Elm Street, which I'm sure we'll be getting any day now. But, uh, you know, <laughs> let's go on to another puzzle piece. What do you got next? My next one, uh, I'm going to go high-minded here, mm. and uh, the thinkings of Carl Jung, oh, and yeah. the ideas that, like, kind of, that there is a collective consciousness between us, and kind of where the kind of wellspring of dream, dream scenario comes from, and the fact that, like, in Carl Jung, I think, noticed that, like, the umbrella was created in, like, different places in the world at the exact same time, like, similar time. And, like, there's no way of people of knowing that someone else had done that or, like, the fact that throughout cultures, stories are very similar. Yeah. Like, even though like ancient stories and stuff like that, like, whether it's, I don't know, different cultures explaining why the sun comes up and goes down and how they are the same and like yeah there is this collective consciousness and i think this film taps into that idea of like the collective consciousness and, and paul matthews being for some reason the thing that people dream up and like yeah i think i think yeah i think i think that's a 
I know that. I know that is one as well. I've I've heard the director talk about that, so I feel like I'm cheating. Yeah. Well, it, it, it seriously, it definitely belongs in this conversation. I also think it probably is a pretty big influence on a lot of these other puzzle pieces we're talking about here. Um, certainly, Charlie Kaufman's stuff, uh, even Nightmare on Elm Street, really. Like you know, like it's it's the idea of the shared uh, experience between people. Like it, it's definitely something that. A lot of the people who make these kinds of movies, I think, are all uh, going back to those Carl Jung, uh, you know, ideas and philosophies and whatnot. So definitely, I, I think that's a great one to bring up. Um, I will go with, uh, you know, you mentioned, and this kind of goes back to, uh, you know, some of the things we've already been talking about with the, uh, you know getting canceled i guess but you know we we talked about adam sandler but i'm gonna go with punch drunk love uh as a puzzle piece here um the the idea of this guy he gets himself into this situation and he's just like he's thinking it through should i do this thing that i i know is probably a bad idea but uh I, it, the situation has presented itself to me right now and in this case it's uh this girl who uh, just absolutely wants his attention because she had an amazing sex dream about him and uh, wants him to come and like basically recreate it in real life. And uh, and then for Adam Sandler, it's, you know, calling this phone sex line. And as soon as they do this one thing that they probably shouldn't do, but, uh, you know, they're like, maybe I'll just let myself do it. Everything goes to hell from that point forward, and uh, <laughs> so it, it's kind of it's kind of a similar thing for both characters, and they're both actors that you know, which is again why I think it's so interesting that uh, this director had Adam Sandler in mind at one point. They're both actors you love to see fuck up, basically, and yeah, yeah, yeah. suffer those consequences. You know, that they both play like a loser really well, and it's like they only kind of get like the chance every now and then and like I, I, yeah i think i said it in my letterbox review like nicholas cage when he gets to like do these films that are kind of like personal to him but like yeah unlike the unbearable Weight aren't about him so like i think like pig's a big example like yeah that that feels more autobiographical to like nicholas cage's life and the fact that it's like a chef who has been out in the wild, literal wilderness for fit, like 10 years or whatever. Yeah. And like Nicolas Cage literally spent the 2010s in the kind of film wilderness straight in like VOD or uh, straight to DVD movie. Yeah. Like sphere. So I think like, um, and him getting to play losers, which yeah, leads me on to a puzzle piece and a film that I think is, uh, quite slept on uh, for a lot of people when it comes to Nicolas Cage and I know that it has uh, had issues with like the edit of it and I know the director has uh, said in the past that like he has a, a better version of this film and it is uh, Army of One mm. it is Nicolas Cage in my kind of yeah in that mode I love him in playing like uh, and it kind of comes back to this because it, it's this kind of remarkable nobody in extraordinary circumstances which is a kind of like draws back to um punch drunk love as well right sure. it's this thing of like a, a normal guy who kind of ends up in weird and wonderful circumstances so like in that film it's what nicholas cage being a, a carpenter who decides to go try and kill osama bin laden <laughs> in pakistan and it's like, <laughs> which is based on based on facts. Yes, There's yeah. is a guy who tried to do this, so <laughs> not just a, a crazy idea for a film. But I think, yeah, like when Cage gets to do, and it's all he goes into like this nasally voice as well. I love it when he kind of does that, and he does it with like Paul Matthews as well. And like, I I, I don't know what it is about that mode of of Cage. I wish he. I kind of like the fact he doesn't do it all the time, but at the same time, I love it when it happens, if you know what I mean. It seems sure. to be like rarefied gold. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I'd love to see if that uh, different cut eventually uh, comes out, because it was such a great idea, that movie. It just didn't quite work out, and uh, so it would be really interesting well, to see. If you see. look at who produced it, you'll see why it, why it got butchered. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Uh, but yeah, I think you could, you know, we, you brought up pig on the way in there. You know, I think you could definitely, uh, throw a pig on the list as well. You know, as far as characters like this, who, um, you know, they kind of like 
you, you kind of imagine this character's life going forward might, you know, mirror that a little bit where he's going to have to like claw his way back to anything resembling a life here from the, the events of dream scenario. But, um, yeah, I, I think I, for my next one, I'm going to actually, let's just stay on the Nicholas Cage train here and uh, bring up Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent as a puzzle piece. I mean, we've kind of talked around it a little bit already, but, um, you know, two different angles of looking at just the ridiculousness of celebrity and what it means to be famous mm -hmm. and to have that limelight on, you you know, thrust on you and how that changes a person. And then once it's taken away, how that changes a person and the ups and downs of that whole thing, uh, totally different movies and tone and like, you know, what they're exactly exploring, but both do come back to that, that exploration of celebrity. And it's an interesting, I guess, kind of meta era that Cage is in, you know, with his kind of comeback these last few years of actually getting some like really great roles um, that he's getting these chances to explore that because I'm sure it's something, uh, you know, that's on his mind a lot. And so I'm sure he's really relishing in a chance to kind of show people, you know, like, you know, I'm very aware of, you know, the ups and downs of my career and what people say about me. And these are examples of that in these movies. They, these are absolutely allegories or metaphorical for what I've been through and uh, the unbearable way to mess and tell it rules. So for sure. <laughs> I'm going to um, kind of, yeah, stay on that train of like kind of, characters and like the way that they kind of i don't know like there there seems to be connective tissue to this film is a uh, king of comedy i think there's definitely that like somebody who like again it's that ego thing and it is that some like somebody in that case well it's basically just throughout the film just daydreaming about like a life that he doesn't have right yeah and like and rupert pupkin kind of like, yeah like having these I don't know fantasies in his basement where he's, he's he's on TV shows and stuff like that, and he's like the number one guy, and he's he's living he's living this dream. And I think Paul Matthews is kind of that at much lower stakes, right? He kind of has this has this big dream of being a published author for a book about ants, yeah, and like, like <laughs> yeah, and I think I think it is a film that kind of talks about fame, and it's kind of I think that like even christopher borgley's previous film sick of myself it seems to be something that he's really like wants to take a scalpel to is fame and consumerism and like yeah there's a great there's that that great moment in uh dream scenario where you have that ad essentially an advert for what what the tech will be to like inception people and advertise to them which kind of like left me feeling like fuck that's that's five <laughs> years away isn't it that, that, that yeah. is that i'm gonna i'm gonna see these i'm gonna see these influences i've never never heard of just all of a sudden they're in my dream selling me something <laughs> it's so true it's so absolutely true that that actually is i, I kind of jumped around out of order in my pieces my last piece that i have here um really does focus more on that tech and uh adding advertisements into dreams i i thought of her spike jones her which kind of takes you back to all the charlie kaufman stuff yes but um <laughs> you know uh it definitely feels like something that would be in that world of that very near future sci-fi of uh things you could totally see that we're just five years away from and uh it's really funny in the way that it, it uh you know skewers um you know, not only tech, but, uh, you know, social media and influencer culture and all mm -hmm. those things like that, they, they all kind of converge there in that, that whole sequence and, uh, really funny stuff all around. And you could totally picture it in, in a, in a movie like her, that they would be, you know, in tandem with that operating system, they'd be like creating the, everything is an advertisement delivery platform. So, uh, of mm -hmm. course, of course you'd get ads like this and that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think this, her and um, Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind feel like they're kind of in some like shared universe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like in this kind of yeah, like I I don't know what it would be like the kind of offbeat comedy, uh, future tech <laughs> night night. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of I don't, they they all kind of 
feel i think yeah i guess this is a puzzle piece world just the the concept of black mirror right just like this 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 in another this kind of in a short shorter form is an episode of black mirror yeah i think like that you could imagine charlie brooker's probably watched this film and gone fuck (laughs) like that's so great like why didn't we come up with that idea like as as like a kind of cancel coach i imagine it would have been a a little bit more heavy-handed as like a a cancel culture uh, analogy like whereas this is like i don't know if as much as that is there like do you know what i mean it's got references to like well we can get you on joe rogan which i particularly enjoyed yeah. like that and <laughs> i'm not sure if it is like just my mind or like when they say oh for some reason you're really big in france like felt like a a, a roman polanski joke like because sure. obviously like yep uh, ever since his exile from the US, it's just like every movie has been funded by France. So true. <laughs> so so <like>. true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I caught references to, I think, a lot of canceled people in the way that that was, uh, that was dealt between that one. And like you said, we can get you on Joe Rogan and all the right wingers yeah. and all that stuff. So yeah, I mean, yeah, Tucker Carlson wants to speak to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's, it's not subtle, but it's also handled really well and very funny. So I, I thought it was great. Um, do you have any other puzzle pieces you wanted to uh, throw on the list? Yes, there is there is one which is a book, and it is John Ronson's "So You've Been Publicly Shamed," okay, which is a book about people who. It was kind of written before kind of cancel culture was kind of like the, the derogatory thing. Do you know what I mean? Before a big thing, and it kind of looks at people who and like some of one of the case studies in the book is somebody who just wrote a, an offhand like jokey tweet and like like got on a flight and before they knew it like their life had fallen apart Mm -hmm. they'd lost their job they were kind of uh kind of enemy number one on social media and stuff like that so i think i think i think a book like that and like uh yeah i think just this feels like i don't know I i can imagine like john ronson himself getting a big kick out of watching like dream scenario it feels like a kind of i don't surrealist take on that book just kind of looking at the idea of yeah people i don't know yeah especially like in academia and stuff like that kind of falling from grace and trying to try try like what do they what do they do next like and especially in that case of that a few of the examples in that in that book like the one i was talking about like if a comedian had done that tweet like they would have been absolutely fine but for some reason this this woman like it's it's a it's a bad taste joke but like if it do you know what I mean if it was said by Ricky Gervais like do you know what I mean? far far worse things have been said by sure, Ricky Gervais sure. and he, <laughs> he's been allowed to get away with it whereas like yeah this person and it kind of that that was kind of in my mind a lot whilst watching this film of like because you are put in the uh the you'll put the seat next to paul matthews and you're very much sympathetic to him right in the fact that like you know he hasn't done anything wrong like and like it it is interesting in that way to kind of i don't know not i don't think it's going to change anyone's minds on on cancel culture because i I don't think that cancel culture actually exists it is sure it's 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 consequence culture more than anything yes. do you know what I mean? like, absolutely <laughs> yeah like and, and as we see like a lot of people don't get cancelled they just move to to new platforms where their their, their views are accepted yeah. or, do you know what I mean? <laughs> absolutely join me on rumble guys totally no and i mean that brings you back to when i brought up the hunt earlier like you know it, it's it's surprising that they would make a movie like this because, and I think that's the thing, like we're, we're obviously both on the same side of, uh, of the way we think about that, you know, but it's like, you can't even have the conversation though. A lot of the times because it's so incredibly black or white and this movie dares to be in the gray area of that. And I think that that's refreshing and exciting. And that's part of what I really liked about it. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, as we get more removed from things like maybe there'll be more room for those kinds of conversations, but I feel like this is leading the way in a way. And I think this film as well will kind of 
stand the test of time because it's not it kind of it, it, it touches on those things and it kind of yeah it does have jokes that are kind of of the moment mm-hmm. and stuff like that with joe rogan tucker colson but at the same time like it is an interesting idea in itself like do you know what i mean the the elevator pitch of this is um, do you know what I mean nightmare on elm street but it's just a regular guy walking yeah. people's streets you know I mean? like it's a, one of the greatest elevator pictures where it's like it's not like i don't know like a thinly veiled thing of like do you know what I mean like tar kind of does have that thing where it kind of feels a bit like it is it's a bit of this it could be a bit of this person a bit of that or like the kind of archetype of of the cancelled person whereas this is just like it's a fun concept and it does also talk about that as one element and sure as well as kind of fame as a kind of amorphous thing as itself absolutely absolutely well i'll read down our list of puzzle pieces then we'll get into some closing thoughts here on dream scenario uh we talked about practically every charlie kaufman movie uh then we also talked about the hunt tar the truman show inception nightmare on elm street carl young uh, Punch Drunk Love, Army of One, Pig, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, The King of Comedy, Her, Black Mirror, and the book So You've Been Publicly Shamed. A lot of interesting stuff here, getting just kind of all over uh, a lot of weird things in here. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I think that's why I connected so much with this, just because it just brought me back to a lot of really, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, uh, near future sci-fi. I really love that stuff about it. I love this cancel culture commentary. I love Nicolas Cage. I mean, come on. He's so much fun in this mm-hmm. role. And like you said, there's some like really big laughs in this, especially when things are not going <laughs> so well for him. But, uh, you know, uh, any, any closing thoughts, anything that we didn't quite get to that you wanted to bring up with Dream Scenario? No, just, yeah, to echo your thoughts, it's kind of, it, it kind of, taps into this all these weird things that i like and one of the things i gleaned in my research for it is like they did two test audience screenings just to find out how the hell to market this movie because it is kind of like you're saying kind of draws in from all this stuff and it's like what is it is it a drama or is it a comedy like is it is it a horror like where is it like leaning so i think like a24 like how do we sell this like movie? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think I think it's got one of the best taglines of the uh, of the year, which is "Meet the man of your dreams." Like, for yeah. which for me is like he's been the man of my dreams for years. Like, so hopefully everyone else will get on board and like, yeah, uh, jump aboard the Nick Cage train. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it, and it's kind of heartening to see like. Uh, here in the uk like it's getting quite it's getting a really wide release like i saw i expected to sit in like a more art house cinema and it's kind of playing in the multiplexes and it's like oh this is great like it's great to see a24 at that level and it's great to see like nicholas do you know I mean? like nicholas cage especially like even this year we thought we thought nicholas cage after pig was coming back to the multiplex but I don't know. We seem to be getting one a year, and the rest seems to be yeah like, <laughs> drifting onto VOD still. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, no, this one it seems to be uh, going out wide, and it's going to be interesting to see uh, as it continues. You know, getting out there, how people react to it. But uh, yeah, I, I think that does it for Dream Scenario. Is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Well, I was I was lucky enough last weekend time of recording to go to the brighton film festival and i caught a double bill of uh poor things and the boy and the heron which were kind of homework for one of my other pod my other podcast which is getting to foe you him being in poor things and even though i saw the original language boy and the heron kind of watching it with the idea of i know defoe has been cast for the uh, dub of this and i want right. to see what character he is playing and it's it is always a joy to see a um miyazaki film on the big screen so yeah i'd recommend as soon as those films are out to rush out and see them uh poor things i think uh, 
If you want Tim Burton, but really fucking horny, it's the movie for you. I can't wait. I'm so excited. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, uh, if any of our listeners uh, are starting to dream about Nicolas Cage on a regular basis, where can they find your podcast and listen to a whole bunch of conversations about Cage and other Coppola-related things? So you can find me on all the socials, which is Caged in Pod. Or you can, yeah, find me wherever you find podcasts. The podcast's on like a bit of a, a bit of a hiatus at the moment, just whilst I'm trying to figure out balancing two podcasts. Mm. As I mentioned there, yeah, Getting Defoe is the other podcast where we talk about all things Willem Defoe, uh, which I co-host with Daryl Edge, who's also an alumni of this podcast. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Caged In's coming back. We, we, I've got some interviews coming up. Uh, with people who've worked with Nicolas Cage, people have uh, written books on Nicolas Cage and stuff like that. So uh, January, I'm uh, hold me to that. If you're listening to this, pester me, and I, I, I'm trying to get stuff in the in the bank so I can kind of uh, release stuff uh, coming January. But there is a whole plethora of stuff. Uh, we mentioned Pig in this episode. There is a, I think the only person out there who uh, kind of changed his podcast for a little bit to be called the Pig Cast, where I interviewed. Uh, anyone i could from that movie so that is the director producers um uh, cast members and also the <laughs> the chef who was nicholas cage's coach wow. to look like a chef in that movie so if you want someone going granular on all things nicholas cage uh, this is the podcast for you incredible great stuff well hey thank you so much petros and uh, hopefully we'll get you back again sometime thanks so much for having me david Hey, it's Ashley Ray, and I host the podcast TV I Say. Have you ever referred to television as your friend? Do you want 10 more seasons of In Just Like That? Did you rewatch every episode of King of Queens in 2020? Then this is the podcast for you. Join me and a new guest each week to discuss your favorite TV shows and my 90 Day Fiance hot takes and my Below Deck hot takes and basically all my TV hot takes. Listen to TV I Say wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Dream Scenario. Thank you to Petros for joining me on that one, and thank you to you for listening. If you're enjoying piecing it together, of course, make sure you are subscribed. And also maybe drop us a little five-star rating and review, whether that's on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods or Spotify. It would be very helpful in making sure more people check out the show uh, like I told you at the top, we got a lot of podcasts on the way. You could, of course, follow us on social media at PiecingPod, join our Facebook group, Popcorn at Puzzle Pieces. Check out that Produced by David Rosen Patreon at patreon.com slash by David Rosen. All these links are in the show notes, of course. And, uh... Lots of news coming. It's December now. I have a lot of news coming on my music. I am going to be releasing a lot of music in 2024. So keep an eye out for that. I might have to do a special piecing it together bonus episode just talking about my music plans uh, because there's there's a lot on the way. Uh, speaking of my music, um, I'm not going to play some of that new stuff. It's a movie called Dream Scenario. I got to go back to one of my most popular songs ever, a song called Dreams Like These. Uh, This is from my second album, An Unseen Sky. Uh, There's a music video for it on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash music by David Rosen. And this song has made its way onto a lot of playlists, which uh, has gotten it picked up and listened to by many, many people, hundreds of thousands even, Um, and uh, by far my most successful song. So I hope you enjoy it. The album An Unseen Sky is available everywhere you can find music, and we'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.